the Avenging Hour. I'm Jason. <laughs> want to take a second pass at that? No, we're good. I'm John. Merry Christmas, John. <laughs> Comedy rule three. So I'm sure we'll never get that again. Woo! Got it in one more time. So, so by the time Christmas actually rolls around, we'll be like, not saying it anymore. Don't care. I don't care already. Come on. I'm not a big holiday fan. I, I enjoy, Any holiday? I enjoy the meals. That's about it. So Thanksgiving a couple weeks ago, that was good for me. I liked I like cooking. I like that meal. We have basically the same meal at Christmas, maybe a couple other different things. but Really? You make turkey for Christmas? Yeah. And then my aunt usually brings ham over, so we have turkey and ham. Ugh, ham. I don't like ham. 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 Like so what do you make for what, what do you what do you what do you make for Thanksgiving slash Christmas? Do you do you do this, the stuffing and the mashed potatoes and the? Um, we my my mom does some of the cooking too. She usually cooks at her house and then brings it over. But at Christmas Eve, we usually kind of cook together. Uh, so I do the turkey and usually some sort of roast vegetable casserole type thing, and I do a stuffing because we have our own stuffing that we like. My Dad doesn't like it, so my mom makes a different stuffing for him. Why doesn't he like your stuff? I don't know. And my mom just makes like stovetop. Oh, so she brings over the mashed potatoes and the sweet potatoes and the their dressing, and usually like some sort of steamed carrots, broccoli, some sort of other vegetable thing. And then we have rolls and pretty simple. What do you guys do for desserts? Pumpkin pie. Pumpkin. Yeah. Homemade. Yeah. And then uh, Christmas Eve, I'll usually do some sort of fruit cobbler or something. So we'll have a couple different desserts. Do you do a Christmas Eve all together and then Christmas Day, or no, just the Christmas Eve? And then Christmas Day is just you and your immediate family, yeah, you and the kids and yeah. the wife. Christmas Eve is the, is the family. Like my parents, my aunts and uncles, my cousins. We usually gotcha. have like 18, 20 people in our tiny house. Really? Yeah. That must be amazing. It's stressful. And then Christmas Day, we get up and have cinnamon rolls in the morning and we just, yeah, just us. And after we're all done, we'll go over to my parents' house and have the kids open many more presents because... My parents go overboard. So you end up at your parents' house anyway on Christmas Day. Not for not, long. Not yeah. right away. Yep, that's exciting. Sounds like fun. So we're 10 minutes into this. Oh, no, wait, we're not. We're, we're, two, we're minutes in. two minutes into this thing. <laughs> Previously on the Avenging Hour, the East Coast team fought a conglomerate of Kangs. Is is that the official nomenclature? Conglomerate the of Congress Kangs. of Kangs. <laughs> While the West Coasters battled some possessed rangers, scared off Master Pandemonium, and finally convinced Thing to join the team. And now, episode 131. Before we get started, I want to point out Iron Man number 206. Oh, yes. Let's talk about Iron Man. In Iron Man number 206, Goliath, who the West Coast Avengers have been keeping imprisoned at their compound, one has to assume in violation of all of his uh, actual American <laughs> rights, he breaks out, fights Iron Man, Hawkeye, and Mockingbird. And uh, then they recapture him and put him back in. Actually, no. Oh, and here's, oh they pulled an Avengers and let him go? Here's the reason that we're bringing this up, because Goliath is now on the loose, and that will become important to us a few months down the road in the parent title. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Alrighty then. Oh, it's me. It's you. Oh, that's right. We switched. We did. West Coast Avengers number 10 from July of 1986. Steve Englehart and Al Milgram. It's called The Search for the Thing. That's very vague. We're going to go look for something. I don't. I think they mean it in a more specific. Oh, it's capitalized, isn't it? Yeah. The Thing. Yeah. This is it. Thing is the sixth member. Congratulations have been given. A ceremony has been set up. Now all they need to do is find the thing yep he's an hour late to his own party and no one can locate him on top of all that firebird has finally given up and is taking off hawkeye half-heartedly apologizes for ignoring her but he's got more important things to worry about simon finally videos in to say thing collapsed during a fight was taken to the hospital but an hour later crashed through a wall and ran off hawkeye addresses the crowd of reporters on the front lawn and instead of announcing a new member he tells them that the team is looking for their friend the thing and the West Coast is their responsibility. To that end, he sends Wonder Man off to scour the airports, Tigra to tackle trains and buses, and Hank Pym to call the Highway Patrol. 
Meanwhile, an overly large man in a hat and trench coat is seen tromping through LAX. He passes a bar showing the press conference on a TV overhead, and he pauses when he sees Wonder Man fly by outside. But once inside, Wonder Man is distracted by a reporter from Variety, and the trench-coated man sneaks behind him. Back at the compound, Hawkeye calls the FF to ask them to keep an eye out for the thing. When Reed asks why, Hawkeye gives him the membership news, and Mr. Fantastic does not take it well. Then Hawkeye calls Avengers Mansion for the same favor. He tells Wasp that he's going to make the Thing their final member. Final, she says, asking him if they've run out of room. Hawkeye explains the six-member rule, and she assures him that notion went out the window along with the Avengers security clearance. He can have as many members as he'd like. And poor, poor Firebird has already left the building. Over at the train station, Tigra is finishing up her search when the trench-coated man exits a taxi and approaches the station. The ticket agent asks for some ID, and trench-coat man turns tail and flees back to the taxi. Back near the compound, the team members are rallying down by the beach to meet up with some contact who may have info. After we pass through one of those panels where every single character lets us know what they're thinking, we learn that their contact is none other than... Headlock. Uh, wait, who now? And not only that, but whoever Headlock is, he's brought another villain along to help him. None other than the Griffin. Okay, who? This is getting ridiculous. Yes, I'm going to have some explaining to do in a little bit, but first, the battle. Headlock tells us that he discovered Griffin roaming around the Adirondacks after his fight with Wonder Man and Spider-Man in Marvel Team-Up number 78. I think he actually said that out loud, which was really confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Griffin has evolved out of his humanity, so Headlock has used his mighty mental powers to control the raging Animal Man, and, well, basically he and Wonder Man just punch each other a lot. But apparently... Headlock can possess someone when they're distracted, and soon takes over Wonder Man's body, too. Iron Man and Wonder Man go toe-to-toe. Hawkeye and Tigra turn their sights on Griffin, and Mockingbird focuses her vast mental capabilities to cancel out Headlock's tricks and send him running. She pursues him over a hill with Hawkeye close behind. With Headlock out of the picture, Tigra is able to cat-talk with Griffin and convince him to be a good guy, which is one of the dumbest sentences I've ever written. Then Hawkeye nearly succumbs to the mind-control powers, but instead is flung headfirst over the dunes. When he gathers his senses, he stumbles back over to find Mockingbird on her knees and Headlock out cold. No one knows what happened until a mysterious man in a trench coat appears among the rocks. It's Thing, as if that surprises anyone. He saved them, but now he must be going. It's not them, it's him. We never see his face, so I can only assume he's somehow uglier. And that's the end of the issue? Our roll call is Hawkeye, Mockingbird, Iron Man, Wonder Man, Tigra, and almost the Thing. We also see Firebird, Hank Pym, Mr. Fantastic, and the Wasp. And our villains are Headlock and Griffin. Headlock first appeared in this comic, so yeah. that's about it with him. Yep. And Griffin, on the other hand, first showed up in Amazing Adventures, Volume 2, Number 15, in November of 1972. This character is that old? Uh, he is a Steve Englehart creation, so that's obviously why he's here. Uh, Johnny Horton was a low-level mob member who impressed his bosses enough that they brought him to the Secret Empire, where he was transformed into a supervillain. It's really a classic origin story. Evil scientist grafts lion parts onto stupid criminal. Stupid criminal realizes he will always be a monster, so why not keep criminaling? Is that a word? Criminaling? Sure. To let you know how just how awesome Griffin is, he's basically the archenemy of the champions. <laughs> <laughs> And I've said more than enough already. Why couldn't they have? Uh, why couldn't Headlock have you swarm? <laughs> swarm. We've got to get champions villains. I don't understand. What is a griffin? Griffin is a. Doesn't he usually have the head of a bird and the body of a lion? I, I'm not sure. Isn't that the mythological griffin? Or an eagle? Or is it an eagle's body and a lion's head? I No. It's a lion's body with an eagle's wings and head. Yeah. I don't understand why he's just considered a cat. The point is that Griffin. <sighs> 
isn't a very interesting villain, and he just looks worse and worse. He looks like a lion with wings. And he gets stupider and stupider as from 1972 to now. These are both nothing, nothing villains. They really know. Did we see this part where... I mean, was it ever mentioned that, oh, hey, this guy called us and wants to meet us down on the beach to tell us stuff? Was that ever brought up in the dialogue, or did they just all show up and yeah, that was just brought... lost right over yeah, it? Yeah, they got, they, got they got a tip okay. that the thing was at the beach. So my... Oh, that's right, they, when they talked to Tigra. Oh, okay, gotcha. My big question for this issue is, is the thing ever a member of the West Coast Avengers? I feel like he was because he accepted the membership. They just didn't get a chance to announce it. I feel like the book doesn't know. And at times, Marvel history doesn't know. Yes, sometimes I, when they write it, they'll write it that the Thing is a member of the Avengers, or that he was a member of the Avengers, and sometimes they write it like he wasn't. Yeah, when I do like trivia things online, it's always that he was like a reserve member, or yeah, or he was a member, or... It, it feels like no one really knows, and I'm not really sure after reading this issue. I, I feel like this issue contradicts itself. At one point in time, you know, they're like, yay, the Thing's a member. And then they're like, well, no, he's not really a member. He was going to be a member. It just like It's it, not official unless they announce it to someone else. And it probably isn't important to anyone but the geekiest amongst us as to whether he actually became a member of the team. Well, but. if that's the case, then let's discuss it for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all the notes we have. So um, <laughs> do we, what? can you explain to me what's wrong with Thing here? Yes. Do we find so, out or do we not? <clears throat> he's like disfigured or something, isn't he? Yeah, so what happens is the Thing at this point in time Apparently, for no reason whatsoever except plot reasons, he begins to mutate. This happens in his own title. This point in time, the thing had his own title. It was getting canceled. And I believe in the last issue of his own title, he had begun to mutate into a more... He starts getting rockier. A more horrible form. No, it's it's a more... I know why you're thinking this, because like... That's another plot, isn't it? Like five months after this issue, he will mutate again into an even rockier version. He gets like spiky rocks. Exactly. But at this point in time, he's mutating into some supposedly horrible, uglier version. We never really see it. And so what happens at the end of this issue, so he decides he needs to cut himself off from humanity. He does that in the last issue of his own title, and he does it here. From here, he'll go to Fantastic Four number 296, where he goes to the Mole Man, and the Mole Man will cure it like that. And the next time we see Ben Grimm, he looks like the Ben Grimm, we've always, like the thing we've always known. He just rubs some ointment on it. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay, I'll take care of it. Boom, done. Gave him a poultice. The whole point seems to be to put the thing back, because this is the number 296 of the Fantastic Four is their 25th anniversary, because as we may have mentioned a few times, it's 25th anniversary of Marvel, which and, starts uh, with the Fantastic Four. Right. So, so they're getting thing back on the team. They want, they want the original four members back on the Fantastic Four, and so this whole, this whole plot with the thing is just to get him back into a position where he can rejoin the Fantastic Four. Ironically, again, within five, within like four months of that issue, they'll kick Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman off of the Fantastic Four. Because they go to join the Avengers. And they'll, yeah, and then Steve, well, no, not that, but yes, and then <laughs> Steve quite. Englehart will take over that, will take over the Fantastic Four book and write it with the thing, the Human Torch, and two new members. And Griffin. Griffin's one of the members. Griffin and Headlock. Steve. The thing, the torch, Griffin and Headlock. It's an amazing team. It's my favorite Fantastic Four ever. Steve Englehart just takes all of his characters with him. Mantis? Well, actually, <laughs> she, she does show up in his run on Fantastic Four, oh, no. of course. It's Mantis. Anyway, Hawkeye's really frustrated that the thing hasn't shown up, and he's he's ranting and raving, and Mockingbird walks off with him, and she's like, you know, it's going to be okay. And, you know, she she comforts him, and he says, hey, thanks. When, when I fly off the handle in the old days, Cap never gave me a hug. And I thought, <laughs> I bet he would have. I don't know what you're implying there. Iron Man. Ugh, Iron Man's still in this book. <laughs> and he's horrible. Because he only cares about himself. I, so the thing disappears, and all Iron Man cares about is it's going to make the Avengers look bad. Tony Stark and Ben Grimm have known each other since the early days of the Marvel Universe. 
And I find it surprising and frustrating that he would be that cold. Even Hawkeye calls him out on it and is like, I don't care how the Avengers look. I just want to make sure the thing is okay. He's our friend. Which is weird, though, because Hawkeye was saying about how bad it was going to make him look before. Yes. But I think when it comes down to it, well, I agree with you. I, well, it's possibly it's possibly not that well written either. I think Steve Englehart's just pointing it. He's just having some character say it just to bring it up as a plot point. I do love the fact that the Avenger that the the whole idea of only having six members is something that Hawkeye doesn't even understand the rules of the organization in which he leads. Well, because he left for the West Coast and then all that happened, and I don't think anybody ever told him. I bet they have a rule book. He just hasn't bothered to read it. They probably sent him a memo. I imagine his desk has like a stack of memos about four feet high. I think he has a desk. They have offices. He's he yeah he's kind of an idiot. Who's your MVP? Oh wait, is there a letters page? I forgot. About the there letters. is a letters page. Uh, Dale J. Roberts writes from Messiah College in Grantham, Pennsylvania, and has some truly horrible ideas. First, he asks for a Tigra limited series. Oh no! Oh, he gets better. Then he suggests that maybe they should make a Cat People limited series. What is wrong with him? And then he asks them to expand upon Firebird's lame origin story, saying that perhaps the meteorite that changed her had something to do with Dark Phoenix. What? I mean, I guess I understand to an extent because she can eventually. She occasionally does that fiery bird image. He says that it was in, that it was implied that it had something to do. I don't remember it ever being implied. Which, again, she, she makes, show up in any other. No, but she's made fiery bird images a few times. Yeah, but it doesn't look. It's not the phoenix. I, yeah, no, that was it. I don't accept it. What about Marks or Marks? No comments on that. Uh, no, I think it was a repeat of something. Okay then. Or it was the first part of that no prize thing, and I just didn't care. It's fine. Uh, do you have an MVP? <laughs> uh, yeah, I gave it to Thing for successfully dodging the team the entire issue only to show up and save them. <laughs> I gave it to Mockingbird, who does try to use her noggin against Headlock. Useless character? I can't believe that Mockingbird was like, I am strong mentally. She must have learned that at S.H.I.E.L.D. You know she was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she doesn't. She needs to shine where she can. Uh, my useless character was Tigra. I mean, cat talk, really? Yeah, I'm with Tigra as well. She stood around going, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> I wish we could have heard that. <laughs> rarely do I wish these things were like not – rarely I'm like, oh, I wish this wasn't a comic but live action. But in that case, I so wished it was live action. What was that from? Was that the puppet from uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? It went meow, meow. <laughs> yes. Um, best quote taken out of context. I've been working on this purple mule beside me. I don't – I've been working on it. Working on the mule. Avengers level threat? No. Not even close. I don't even – Final grade. D. This was an extended chase scene punctuated by two lousy bad guys. I gave it a C plus. I think it's because, uh, let's be clear, this book is spinning its wheels. uh, Spinning them around and around and around. Oh, no, no. That's next issue. And we've wasted (laughs) so much time on the thing, only to have him written out of the book like this. To be fair, I don't think that's Englehart's fault. I think this is editorial saying we want the thing back in the FF, yeah, so you, you got to get rid of him. You can't have him anymore. Um, so I, I don't blame him for this, but unfortunately for the book, it looks it makes no sense and looks kind of horrible. It sucks because if that's true, he had a setup there where if he would have known in advance, he could have made Firebird the sixth team member. Yeah. He could have done a swerve where we thought it was going to be thing, it was going to be thing, it was going to be thing, and then ha ha, it's Firebird. And then thing leaves. I also think that, and and I and I do believe that he probably didn't have a lot of notice from editorial because, as I've just said, the Fantastic Four. Uh, John Byrne left that book like an issue before this, and I don't think he left amicably. Par- partly because it's John Byrne, he doesn't leave many things he amicably, do anything, right? and partly because his last plot line he left in the middle of. <laughs> so that's usually not a good sign. I also wonder if they were so focused on, hey, we're making a new universe, and then someone's like, you know, it's technically Marvel's 25th yeah. anniversary. Maybe we should do something about that. But I just feel like it was obvious the editors didn't really know what to do with the FF. So I have no doubt that they, you know, that they probably at the last minute was like, you know what we should do? Thing. Scramble. Yeah. Anniversary. That being said, I would have been okay with this. With this, I would have been more okay with this issue as just, you know, kind of a big dumb fight if we'd have picked a better 
couple of villains. But Headlock, friggin' Headlock. We should have brought, brought, uh, brought back Champion. I'd have preferred him. Wasn't that guy on the West Coast? Uh, yeah, actually. Yeah, what the heck? And Hawkeye would have known him. And but, but Jason, you say that the next issue has even is even more spinning its wheels. Oh, I think so. What could you be talking about? Let's see, shall we? Oh, yes. It's West Coast Avengers number eleven from August of nineteen eighty six. It is still Steve Englehart and Al Milgram. This one is called Pride of the Regiment. I don't know why it's called that. No, I think these titles are just becoming like mad libs. I don't know what any of those words have to do with this story. Maybe of. Of might have something to do with that. Mockingbird is unhappy. She thinks the big bad media is picking on poor Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. Fake news. With news of the destruction of the helicarrier, agent brutality, and how Nick Fury used to fondle the Countess de la Fontaine. This stuff can't be true, and she's going to find Nick Fury, who's in town, and get his side of the story. Hawkeye and Iron Man agree to tag along, but Wonder Man is going to film some scenes for his movie, and Tiger is tagging along to be his groupie. First, we'll follow our trio going to see Nick Fury. They head to a fashionable salon on Rodeo Drive, which is a S.H.I.E.L.D. front, and are allowed to proceed to the S.H.I.E.L.D. base below it. However, that S.H.I.E.L.D. base is full of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, and as soon as they see our avenging trio, they attack. The Avengers fight back, but the melee is soon broken up by Nick Fury himself. Fury berates his men for being beaten by the Avengers, and then turns to the heroes. It's tense, but Mockingbird breaks up the tension and any forward momentum this story had by flashbacking her history. Fury is not impressed and tells her that S.H.I.E.L.D. has to clean itself up and she's not S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore. After some arguing, the team leaves, but their exit does not go unnoticed. Back to the movie studio, which is a plot I have refused to recap. Suffice to say that Tiger gets jealous when Wonder Man talks to another woman, and so she leaves with our Italian stereotype director. Meanwhile, Hank Pym is playing boy detective, trying to track down information on Master Pandemonium's real name. However, someone is ahead of him, well, let's be honest, most people are ahead of him, and has destroyed the information he wanted. Then, with that nonsense out of the way, it's back to the main nonsense, as our trio of Avengers leave S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. However, on their way back to the compound, they're attacked by mercenaries. Shockwave, Razor Fist, and Zarin the Weapons Master all come bopping out of nowhere, bringing our heroes to the ground and starting a big old slugfest. The heroes manage to win, which shouldn't be difficult as all of these villains are strictly F-list, and Zarin claims they were sent by the Blood Tong of Hong Kong, the world's <laughs> foremost... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the world's foremost rhyming criminal organization. The Blood Tong... <laughs> the Blood Tong of Hong Kong, which is so much fun to say want to establish a beachhead in America, and apparently our heroes believe that the first step to this goal would be killing the three of them. Then the three villains jump in something that is clearly a S.H.I.E.L.D. flying car and make their escape. Yeah. The heroes, dumb as ever, figure this is a job well done and head home, ignoring the card that fell from one of the villains during the fight, which clearly labels the employer of these mercenaries as S.H.I.E.L.D. To be continued in the S.H.I.E.L.D. limited series, which we won't be discussing. So wait a minute, this the is end. all just a filler issue? <clears throat> Regular creative team, it's not filler. Mm. This is a backdoor pilot. This is a tease to get you to read the S.H.I.E.L.D. series. Which I don't understand because it's done by Bob Harris and Paul Neary. Both of, neither of which are Steve Englehart and Malo Milgram. So, Our roll call this issue is Hawkeye, Mockingbird, Iron Man, Wonder Man, and Tigra. We also see Henry Pym, some S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, and Nick Fury. And our villains are Shockwave, Razor Fist, and Zarin. Oh, this ought to be good. Oh, oh, that's right. We have three new villains to discuss. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be quick. Shockwave first appeared in Master of Kung Fu number 42 in... <laughs> July Seriously? of 1976. He was a British special agent who stole a battlesuit and went bad. He is not important. The battlesuit enables him to create electrical shocks. Razor Fist. Well, this is the third Razor Fist. 
He first appeared in Master of Kung Fu number 105 in October of 1981. Basically, all the Razor Fists were mercenaries who had one, or in some cases, both hands, replaced with knives. You know, the way they're setting this up, you would think that the S.H.I.E.L.D. series was being done by Doug Mench and Paul Galacci. <laughs> right. <laughs> Zarin, the weapons master, first appeared in Master of Kung Fu number 77 in June of 1979. That's very weird. He is a British special agent who went rogue and considers himself... A weapons master? Yes. Mm. Not important. So we have... Doesn't he go out with Batrick all the time? He becomes a member. He's he it, and Razor Fist, aren't they both like part I don't of Batrick's brigade? I don't think Razor Fist is, but Bat, uh, yeah, Zarin is a member of Batrick's brigade for quite a while. Oh no, wait, who's the other the guy with the knives? Uh, uh, Machete, played by Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. You know, it's funny. I went into this thinking that Zarin would be the most important member and would have the most appearances because he's a part of Batrock's brigade. And actually, looking them up, Shockwave and Razor Fist will apparently both come in back into this title in the aughts. As part of the Hoods gang? In, I, in this title? In the West Coast Avengers? No. Sorry, in Avengers. They'll <laughs> come back to the Avengers. They know who the Hood was around then. Um, so in any case, but they're still not that important. Well, a couple of things to explain. Mockingbird is upset at the beginning of this because they're talking about the destruction of the Helicarrier. That Helicarrier was destroyed in the She-Hulk graphic novel. When we first began to get some hints that S.H.I.E.L.D. might be going bad, there might be some bad elements in S.H.I.E.L.D. She-Hulk is captured by a rogue S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and taken to the helicarrier. We find out at that point in time that the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent is bad because he has been possessed by alien bugs. Oh, I still wanted to be demons. Who live in his body. Uh, but in the in the course of She-Hulk fighting against the bug-infested S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, the helicarrier's engines are destroyed and it crashes. They had such a chance to tie Master Pandemonium in with S.H.I.E.L.D. there. This page that you have open here, we see Wonder Man swimming in the swimming pool, and it looks like he's swimming in a bubble bath. <laughs> Why are there so many bubbles? It's so frothy. I think the idea is because he's swimming really quickly. Yeah. But what my con- my confusion here is they're talking about, he's talking about working out and how he's working up and swimming more and more laps. He He was doing 200 laps a day. Now he does 300 laps a day. But if Wonder Man is a being of energy, can he work out? Does he really need to build muscles? Yeah, I don't understand this. You know, most superheroes, we don't see... We see your Hawkeyes and your Captain Americas working out a lot because they have to. But it's often mentioned, I thought more than once, that most superheroes... I mean, if let's say Wonder Man can lift 70 tons. Can he work out to the point where he can lift 80 tons? Like I always, Or is it just his power gives him that ability? Exactly. Yeah. I always thought that, you know, your power enabled you to lift so much and that's all you could lift. Because right. if not, are all the super-powered heroes in the Marvel Universe horribly lazy? Like if Peter Parker hit the weights, like would he get bulkier? Yeah, could he, could he be as strong as the thing? I've never believed that's the case, but that seems to be what this issue is suggesting. I, I like the running joke through this issue that Hawkeye doesn't like his wife's new haircut. Ryan? He says she looks like the Bears quarterback, which is odd. Well, so she got her hair cut. It's trimmed. It's not, like, shaved. Yeah, let's be clear. She still wears it in a ponytail. This is not short hair. But he's acting like she looks like Sigourney Weaver in Aliens 3. Or Natalie Portman in V for Vendetta. Keep going. Or Moondragon. <laughs> or Moondragon. Nice reference. Yeah, tied it right back in. Try we, uh, we get an, we get origin story flashbacks, which are my favorite type of flashbacks. When we learn how Mockingbird became Mockingbird, I'm just kidding. I don't like any of it. They also keep, I don't even think I read it. <laughs> they also keep mentioning things like the Iron Man and, and Nick Fury are fighting because way back in the 70s, Tony Stark decided to stop stop building weapons. Yeah, and he was Shield's biggest weapon supplier, so he stopped selling them weapons. Shield got very upset, and so Nick Fury had his people try to take uh, ownership of. Stark International, they tried to buy a controlling interest in the company. So there's some bad blood there between uh, Tony Stark and Nick Fury that we see here. I was taking notes as I was going along through the issue. I didn't I didn't read the whole issue first and then go back and take notes. So I missed 
the point of this being a an issue to lead us into a shield series and i I have two notes in a row here that say that scene with Nick Fury served absolutely no story purpose. And then the next scene, that scene with the Archon movie stuff with Wonder Man served absolutely no story purpose. Well, it really doesn't. And they just keep putting things in here that have nothing to do. This, this is why I said I feel like this issue is spinning wheels more than last issue. Because at least the last issue wrote the thing out of the book. Yeah, this is like nothing happens. Yeah, the, the movie scenes we won't even discuss. They're completely pointless. They're supposed to give us personalities for both Wonder Man and Tiger, but their personalities are both awful. They both suck. And then they introduce these villains, and my question is, how does Razor fist uh, wipe himself yes because this is a razor fist that has replaced both of his fists both of his hands he has no hands he just yeah. has knives for hands the blood tongue of hong kong <laughs> I, I feel like that rhyme is strong but it, it just sounds so wrong maybe maybe it's too long too long the blood tongue of hong kong you don't think that's wrong i wonder if they have a song this is the blood tongue of hong kong song <laughs> we can all get along do you think do you think <laughs> What do you think would happen if Dr. Strange's manservant would join the blood tongue of Wong? Hong Kong? Would he call himself Wong from the blood tongue of Hong Kong? <laughs> I am Wong of the blood tongue of Hong Kong. How many, how many heroes would not, would not, would be able to listen to that and not start laughing? <laughs> do we, do we see the blood tongue of Hong Kong again? Oh, I wish we, I, I wish didn't we... read the shield series, so I don't. No, they're not on the shield series. Then why did they even bring it up? Because they don't exist. See, so, and because they... these were all master of kung fu villains. So, so here's what's going on. Let's, let's, let's. It's like a whole separate universe that doesn't exist in the Marvel universe. Here's what we're going to find out in the shield series. We're going to find out that. Bugs. That, no, not bugs. No. That, that many of the shield agents have been replaced by robot duplicates called deltites. And. That basically, basically, I say robot duplicates. Basically, what they are is they are, basically LMDs have gained. Stop saying basically. <laughs> so basically, the blood tongue of Hong Kong. But so some we have two LMDs that have gained sentience. LMDs, life model, decoys. life model decoys, which are the robots that Shield uses to take the place of other people. So that if they get killed, you think they're dead. Yeah, but they're not really. So this LMD, this one LMD, has gained sentience. It starts replacing members of the shield hierarchy with other lmds and it's using these it's basically turning shield into its own organization and letting and having it do evil of robots yes and what's evil, it doing with the people that it's replacing killing oh okay. you're dead all right so nick fury has not been replaced at this point in time but he's beginning to realize that there are things going on at shield that he is not aware of he's beginning to realize there are there are bad things going on behind the scenes which is weird because he's in charge <laughs> yes <laughs> so the, so when 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 these three heroes leave Shield headquarters, a shadowy figure sees them. Yes, he's a Shield agent, but Nick Fury is not aware of that this Shield agent's doing this. And he's the one that calls the mercenaries and says, "Hey, you better hurry up." Yes, he calls the mercenaries, said, "Hurry up, get here." You know, I'm going to write down your orders on a card so that the Avengers, <laughs> even though we're talking on the phone, yeah, so that so that it's a clue the Avengers could look for if they were so inclined. But they're and not. And that card is going to fall out of the the neck seam in Shockwave's <laughs> yeah. armor. For no that, apparent reason. That's where you keep your cards. It's in your <laughs> it's, neck. Yeah. It's his Rolodex. So. Rolodex. <laughs> yeah. So when they're caught, these mercenaries know to say that they were hired by the Blood Tongue of Hong Kong. And maybe they think they were hired by the Blood Tongue of Hong Kong. Maybe that's the cover story the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent gave them. Maybe. They just oh, wait, thought no. it would be a funny thing to say. Oh, wait. No, they don't. Because they, the, they have the card that says, hi, we're S.H.I.E.L.D. We're hiring you. And they have the S.H.I.E.L.D. flying car that they were apparently provided for their getaway needs. Yeah, that was pretty obvious. So that's what's going on. That's what's going on here. I actually, the Shield limited series is actually not bad. Is it just a limited series? It's four issues, but they're all, um, you know, big limited series. Wasn't there an ongoing Shield series that comes out right after them? Oh, okay. Um, and they kill off. They keep dumb. They keep dumb dumb Nick Fury, and the Contessa, and Gabe Jones. Yeah. But they kill a lot of them. Come back, but they kill Jasper Sitwell. They kill 
Clay Quartermain. They kill Jimmy Woo. They kill pretty much. They wipe out every Shield agent with a name Gaffer. Any of the Shield agents you know are killed in this series, um, and they pair Shield down because that's what you want for a, an organization that's supposed to be keeping tabs on everybody in the world. I think what they began to realize was that the characters we knew from the Shield series, like Nick Fury and them, if they were actually in charge of Shield, would be spending all their time behind a desk doing paperwork. And they want to show you stories about them out there having swashbuckling spy type adventures. Does anybody really care enough about any of these Shield characters though? I mean they just show up when the when they're convenient for a plot. Yeah, I'm not I'm I don't think you're wrong. And again, most of them have come back. I know Jimmy Woo came back because he's a member of the Agents of Atlas. Right. Um I'm pretty sure Clay Quarterman came back. Jasper Sitwell's been in all the movies and the TV shows. Yeah, so I mean I have one more comment on no, this okay. issue. They are when Razor Fist is fighting Mockingbird, he says she fights with skill and drive, but she is a woman, and emotion makes her wild. Really? I mean I know he's a villain. Thanks, Steve Englehart. But come on. Hey, keep in mind, this is a woman. Emotion will make her wild. She can't possibly be as good as this guy, but... So, do you have any letters on the letters page? Uh, Let's see. Mark's Remarks section offers some tips on how to get your letter published. They printed six letters, and all of them said that Ultron Mark 12 shouldn't have been destroyed. Some even said he should be a team member. So the way to get your letter printed is to like the story or like the characters. No, it was weird. He... Some of his tips were like, don't just don't just write in and say, hey, I really like that issue. Like, tell us why you liked it. Be specific. And, you know, come up with something unique that you saw and you want to talk about. And then and that doesn't make sense because he takes these six letters then. Right after he has his remarks section, he brings up these six letters that all say, I really liked Ultron. I was hoping that it would be... And then it looked, I think he printed them because the Ultron's name was Mark and his name was Mark and he thought everybody liked Mark. He'll talk. <laughs> I think he... I, I swear coming up in a Mark's remarks, he talks again about about the letters and i mean i'm assuming he was like and it would really help if you can be a future comics creator we need more of those to write in <laughs> we, we need something to pad the bullpen here all right well then i guess mvp oh no no there's more oh i'm so sorry no it's fine who would have known he has a must read section this is the one i was talking about last episode. oh yeah a must read section that wants you to take a look at captain america number 320 featuring the first unmasking of scourge that's where we learn that he's the enforcer's brother i guess yeah that's interesting that he picks that issue because it's a. Uh, I mean, it's not a bad issue, but it's... Uh, the issue before was the one where he killed everybody. In the bar with no name. Yeah, which would have been a more interesting one to point out, but I guess yeah. he didn't have the column at that point. So. <laughs> Go back to your... Well, I mean, most retailers you could probably have gotten through 19 as well. Hey, if you missed last month. Uh, and then he has his coming attractions section that mentions West Coast Avengers Annual Number 1, which we will get into in like three weeks or so here. I don't know why we're doing out of order so far, but I guess it doesn't really matter because that's a self-contained story, isn't it? You, we have to, so the reason we're doing it at that point in time is because it, it comes after, um, you have to get Submariner. So it's a crossover with the Avengers annual. Right. Submariner's not in it. Right. So we have to get the Submariner off, off the, the East Coast team and he's not off the East Coast team yet. Gotcha. So does Avengers... Was- it- and and did they did they come out out of order? No, because it, it did you say it's it's a coming attraction? It hasn't come out yet. Yeah, but it, it's it seemed weird that he would bring it up. It made it seem like it was coming out the next the following month. We only have two more issues of the West Coast Avengers before we do it. Okay, so it may you know it's 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 landing very close to and it's a yeah like you mentioned it's the West oh okay the West Coast Avengers one is actually part two yes of the Avengers crossover and it involves the Zodiac yes okay uh, MVP I gave it to Mockingbird I guess. I give it to Iron Man, uh, who can... Really? Well, here's why. He's able to take down Shockwave while monologuing all about his recent problems and why he's a great hero, and how can he do that much talking while fighting? 
He's so talented. I just gave it to Mockingbird because if it wasn't for her, they wouldn't have gotten involved with any of this. Yeah, but she is a woman. And her emotions make her wild. Use this character? Tigra. Oh, I picked Mockingbird. Uh Oh, why? Because she's a woman? And her emotions make her wild. Because she's a former agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Really? I don't know if you knew that. (laughs) And yet she doesn't notice the flying, the S.H.I.E.L.D. flying car that Uh, ferries the villains away. Or... Wasn't very observant about the card that fell out of the guy? Exactly. She doesn't... I mean, she's supposed to be... She's supposed to be smart and on the ball, and she doesn't notice any of the weird stuff well, with come these on. mercenaries. I mean, let's be fair. They're all, they are Avengers. How <laughs> true. So they just wanted the bad guys to get away. Aven- or best quote taken out of context? The shaft explodes with smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so close. Weird. Avengers level threat. No. Yeah, no. There's And honestly, even these three Avengers should have been... There's no excuse for these three guys giving these three Avengers this much trouble. No. Especially Shockwave and Iron Man. Iron Man should have been able to beat Shockwave... Immediately. I feel like Hawkeye could have just taken all three of them out. Yes, I different think arrows. I almost think Mockingbird could have taken all three of them out. Final <laughs> she grade? used to be a shield agent, you know. Really? Yeah. I gave it a D. I hate filler issues, and these villains weren't... I always say I like to see new characters, but these villains were just so not interesting. I gave it a C-, and I think it's for the same reason. I'm not sure why I'm being so much nicer for these books, but I have to believe I'm still suffering from reading the Cat People and Secret Wars 2 issues. On our next episode, the East Coast team welcomes a whole stream of interesting villains through the mansion walls, and Namor takes a leave of absence. I didn't read them yet. I'm assuming they crashed through the walls. They have to, right? It's the only way into the mansion. You know, we haven't really... You know, that's, that's a running joke for us, but we haven't seen the mansion breached that quickly or that easily recently. I don't know if it's because the mansion's got better defenses or just because villains are like, eh, been there, done that. Right. We've already walked through there. Not worth it. Nothing interesting. They need me to build a new mansion so they can break into that one. I'm pretty sure that we'll probably never see the mansion invaded again. Yeah. Or taken down or, like, completely destroyed so they can't even be used. Yeah. That'll never I happen. mean, I figured just one good punch would take the... <laughs> It's like one one column holding the whole mansion up at this point. Maybe they've been re- maybe they've been fortifying it every time they rebuild the walls. No, but it would always seem like they had to do it so quickly that they were probably actually doing it cheaply. They have these Velcro panels <laughs> stick them back up. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's like cubicles in an office building. Yes, the Avengers Mansion is made of cubicles. <laughs> the walls don't even reach all the way to the ceiling. <laughs> they don't. Well, thanks for joining us. If you want to email us, you can email us at avengingouremail at avenginghour.com. Or you can... You know, I've done it so many times, you think you would know it by now. I just tune you out when you start doing the email address. If you want to get in touch with us, our email address is mail at avenginghour.com. You can find us online on Instagram and Twitter at avenginghour. That's the handle there. You know, with all of the with all the, the discussion about like sexual harassment and these, the, do you think we should change your email address to female at eventuringhour.com to try and get out ahead of the... Only if they're going to send us um, wild emotional emails. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Women, they are, they are, their emotions make them wild. Yeah. I just can't believe that line was in there. I mean, I know he's a villain. He can think those things, but come on, Steve Englehart, really? We have a Facebook page, and our website is AvengingHour.com. Maybe we should change the name of our podcast to Emotions Make Them Wild. That's too long. Wild, crazy females? Mm, I think we would get a different amount of traffic for that. <laughs> That's a good point. And you do not want to tell people. If you need to find it, just Google it. You don't want to tell people that. <laughs> Bad idea. Oh, Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye.